Welcome back to Fig Talk. Uh, this is episode three. Uh, I just want to go ahead and uh, thank everybody that's already subscribed um, to the podcast. Uh, I genuinely appreciate the love. Um, <clears throat> today, I, I wanted to just basically go over my time after uh, losing my wife. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to go into the uh, you know burial and into the ceremony. So I'm going to talk about that. Um, a little bit, <clears throat> and I'll go ahead and touch too as well on like um, just the time period, um, like right after uh, her passing, and kind of the struggles and um, <clears throat> the emotions that came up, and the uh, the adversity that I had to overcome, um, like six months after I passed, after she passed. Ooh, that was kind of eerie how that came out. Um, so yeah, um, I I just want to pick up basically kind of where I left off. So um, she had passed, and the next thing is obviously as most of you that have lost a loved one know, is your ceremony and your uh, arrangements that you basically have to set up. So it all came really fast. It hit like really hard. Um, it got. I, I remember specifically sitting at the dining room table at my mother-in-law's house and being asked questions that her and I never really discussed. We, you don't really talk about your death, you know, to your spouse at the age of 20, you know, or, uh, excuse me, at the age of like, you know, 25, you don't, you don't talk about those things because you're constantly talking about like, you know, the things that you want to do, the things that you want to achieve, like the places you want to go, but you don't ever really talk about like the end point, the end time, um, which, you know, I really think now, obviously, um, it's an important topic to discuss and go ahead and get out of the way so that when your loved ones are put in this scenario, like they don't have to necessarily deal with everything that I had to deal with. Um, I did have, um, forgive me guys, I'm just enjoying an awesome, uh, lemon ginger tea as I'm uh, talking about this, just cause it's, it's just, it's just one of those topics that, I mean, you, you'll come to realize I'll find, I'll find myself just kind of going off on a tangent on certain, on one specific, uh, thing that happened just because it's like, I feel like it's very important to, to talk about everything, every aspect, um, especially if I'm going to do this, I, I definitely need to just, just talk about it. So, uh, yeah, sitting at the dining room table, ask questions, um, you know, like, you know, do, do you want to bury her? Do you, do you want to cremate her? Like, what color? Um, once we decided that we were going to do a burial, like, what color do you want a casket? Um, you need to get her final outfit, any jewelry. Um, and you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, and, and, and it's all coming at you very, very fast. And, and especially when you're doing a burial, it's going to come at you even faster because they, there's there's limited time. And forgive me for like saying this, I'm not trying to sound more, but there's limited time on the body, um, especially uh, after death. So, um, you know, I'm like going through all of it and talking about all this and a topic that I used to be like, very timid to talk about like came up which obviously most of you would know it's like all this stuff costs money and 
uh, yeah, Amber and I were never really prepared for it. And I never took out a life insurance policy on Ember because, you know, hey, I always plan to be the one to go first. I was like, no, I'll, I'll have one. And, you know, and, you know, you guys will be sad if I die. Like, you know, I always used to joke around and tell Ember, like, hey, if I die before you and you're still young enough, like, you need to go off once the kids are old enough and they're on their own. Take some of the life insurance money and travel Europe and meet a guy named Ramon and have awesome, awesome time. But make sure he's, like, solid. Like, dude needs to be, like, ripped. Like, I would always joke around, like, joke around and, like, just tell her these things. But not knowing that it would be uh, me raising the kids on my own. Um, But... So the topic of money came up. That was very hard to deal with, very hard to kind of manage in my head, especially with the idea of having to take care of two kids. I had every little bubble start popping up in the back of my head, like clothes, diapers, school, um, you know, sports, dance, like extracurricular activities, like after school programs, all this stuff started going through my head when I was sitting at that dining room table. Um, and I started to kind of like, <clears throat> like put into perspective that I was going to be ma- making, um, in more important decisions later on down the road. Um, so we made arrangements, we had everything together, and when we were um, uh, working with uh, the church, uh, our church, Forest Hill, um, and kind of like just arranging the way the ceremony would be and what our thoughts were on like what we wanted, and um, I knew my wife, Ember, always wanted to impact lives, so I wanted to set up the ceremony to where we used the event her death as a blessing to others and what I mean by that is that I wanted to set it up with specific songs specific um sermon that was spoke or you know given um and I wanted to make sure I went up and spoke on her for her in honor of her um, it was very difficult to do. Uh, a lot of people told me that I made it look very, very easy. Some people even questioned if I had been like shot up with some sort of painkillers or something because I seemed very numb and very calm for what had just happened. It was definitely all inside. And I was just maintaining my composure for my kids and for my family. And, and I also had um, a slight a bit of peace knowing that she was still around and that everything was okay. So at the ceremony, um, we uh, played a specific song and um, <clears throat> I went up and spoke on her behalf, on, in honor of her and spoke um, a devotional that she had written. And then... Uh, after that day it was just like just like quiet there it was just it was just no family was around I was 
at the time I was staying at my sister-in-law's and this was probably the only time I had to grieve like uh this was like a week's worth of time but I never had real time to sit in my own selfish emotions and I say selfish emotions because that's that was the outlook I had on it once I got a message uh from God and I'll 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 lead into that here in just a minute so uh I ended up having to move because my lease was up in December. So having to move was a struggle because that was just stressful already to begin with. Moving an entire apartment by myself with two kids, you know. Um, But uh, everybody stepped in and helped. Uh, The Hendrick Automotive Group was uh, who I had been working for at the time. I, I have nothing but great things to say about that group, especially my team, my family, um, you know, they, they came in and they, they helped me tremendously. Like, I still don't forget it to this day. When I see those people, uh, like it just like the, I, I, I light up, they, they light my day up because they, they're like family to me, um, the way they stepped in. And, uh, I had help to move all the furniture, all like, um, all our belongings. Um, and then I had to basically put all my wife's stuff in storage because, my wife had a lot of stuff, which is kind of a, a benefit for my daughter because she'll have a lot of stuff to inherit from her mom. But it was it was difficult for me to deal with because there was so much to 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 remember her by, and I wanted it all well preserved, so I, I put it all away, like, and and it was just difficult to have it all in the same room. So I wanted it in storage so that it wouldn't be in the apartment, so that I wouldn't have to see it. And I wouldn't necessarily say I was running away from grieving. It was just I, I didn't have time to be sad, so I didn't want to have a lot around that reminded me a lot of a lot of her. So pictures were enough. Um, I mean, it was as simple as a note that I would find <clears throat> that, that it was enough for me. Um, and, um, and I did have a little bit of her jewelry, like kind of stashed away with my jewelry so that like when I would, you know, open my, my box, like where where my watches are, like I would see like one of her watches, um, or our, our rings are, um, uh, basically when we got married, the rings that we had, like I, 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 I look at those and, and, there were moments where I, I did have a little bit of time just to like, you know, kind of sit and cry and think about what had happened, but I had to keep moving, like, because after moving, uh, into a new apartment, I, um, had to begin taking on the job of being a single dad, um, which was one of the main things that I wanted to do when everything happened, like, i, I I was offered to move in with my mom. Um, I even thought to ask my mother-in-law to let me move in with her. um, Just so I would like have to overcome um, the the barrier of like feeling comfortable around your in-laws. Because I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, But that naturally happened all on its own. Like so. And I think it was because of what I did. So I, I chose, and my mother-in-law too, kind of supported me in, in, the, in the decision, and my mom did too. I chose to just, to just take it on, head on, 
and and it's one of the qualities that Ember um, used to always talk to me about and tell me that she was like jealous of that I could always just like take things head on and not feel fear and and then I would always tell her like I'm I'm, I'm scared like I might not be showing it but I'm scared so it's kind of like the same thing like I, I was I was terrified but I knew that I needed to take on the role of being a single dad on my own with no crutch and what I mean by that is during the time that they would take care of the kids that's when they were helping me but the moment I picked them up and drove off I didn't want help I didn't want to have someone there to help me because I wanted to know what it felt like I wanted to embrace the loneliness um, because I knew that there was something to be found there If that's where God had taken me, there was obviously going to be something to find there. So I started to um, experience things that, I mean, most single parents experience. Like, you know, just not being able to get the kids to bed on time. um, Not being able to uh, juggle uh, multiple things. And not getting any sleep. (laughs) So that was one of the things that I realized very quickly was that my night owl habits needed to die, at least for the period that I was in with the kids, because my daughter was going on six months old and my son was two. So, yeah. I realized like that um, I needed to take care of myself mentally if I was going to be tackling this job on like by myself. So I started to try to make a schedule as far as when I needed to be in bed because I knew my daughter woke up at a certain time in the middle of the night. Because usually like if you have a child that wakes up in the middle of the night and doesn't sleep all the way through, they usually have a pattern. If the pattern's off, it's more than likely they like something's going on. Like they maybe they're a little bit sick or something. Um, at least like that's what I learned. But I, I will admit I was very blessed because my daughter like quickly learned to sleep through the night, and that may be um, uh, I don't know that may be you know God's hand. It may be just the fact that um, my mother-in-law, my mom, uh, you know, coached me through everything. Um, but I I definitely. put in a lot of effort to be there for them and understand and learn the learn the the fear of of having two children because it was like it it was scary I'd never I'd never been responsible for 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 children like I, I can't remember the only time that I was remotely close responsible for another child's life was when I had to take one of my cousins um, uh, on a plane back to Charlotte. I was coming from uh, Batavia, Illinois, back to Charlotte. And <clears throat> and that was the only time I ever, I ever really felt responsibility for another, another person. And this was just a whole nother level of responsibility because this is like an infant and, and, and a little toddler. So, yeah, like I said, I was starting to experience all these things that single parents experience. Um, 
on top of the fact that uh, there was an emotional distress of the fact that like I, I was lonely as a man as a husband as you know as a friend that was you know married to his best friend like I was I was lonely so when the kids would be asleep like the reason I struggled to sleep was because I could not sleep like I just couldn't because it just felt so surreal it was still like settling in that that she wasn't going to come walking through the door that I wasn't going to see a text from baby girl anymore and then um there was a time period that I just I went through like you know um, once the new year came and everybody got back to their lives and like family just kind of they disappeared but not in a sense to where like they abandoned me like purposely it was just you know it's like everything had happened like it was during the holiday time when everybody's like really close and you know makes time for family and then like January hit and it was just like everybody everybody had to get back to their own life I say this now from a different point of view because at the time I did find myself in a little bit of anger because like nobody was around there was nobody to help me um God definitely blessed me with awesome neighbors. I had a very awesome neighbor when I lived at the the apartment uh, there. I she's so awesome. She helped me with the dogs. Um, she occasionally would just stop and just talk, like and just you know keep like not really keep me company because it wasn't like that. It was more so like she just w- wanted to start a dialogue and and she had kind of heard my story and you know in, in a way she was almost like kind of caring from a distance. And it was, it was very genuine and I really appreciated it at the time. And I always say it was like, it was a way of God, like kind of cushioning the blow and, you know, then it was just like, I found myself complaining and complaining about the fact that like complaining to God specifically because it was my battle. It was my time to wrestle with him. It was like, I was so pissed. I was like. Dude, I literally took the reins on being the spiritual leader of my family, of my marriage. Like, this is all that you literally say in scripture. Like, why would you do what you did to me? Like, you know, and then I realized as I was complaining openly to him, this is why I stress to people to meditate, to pray, whatever you call it. This is why I stress to people, sit like in quiet in stillness like just learn to just be still the universe god will speak to you like it it, i mean uh take it how you want but i know from my experience that he will um so i i remember just like hearing this like loud loud voice like it scared me like i literally was like whoa what was that like I had been sitting there complaining about the fact that I had picked up the reins to be the spiritual leader of the family and the marriage. And it was just like, boom. Like I, I remember I was sitting on my knees um, in the middle of my living room in my at that apartment. And the door was to the right. And I had another door to the left, which was leading to the, my porch. And it literally sounded like somebody slammed the front door. And it scared me. I looked to the right and I was like, what was that noise? I remember I even got up and checked on the kids. I even got up and looked. And when I came back into the living room and got back on my knees, this feeling came over me. 
and I heard internally, and for most of you that do meditate or that pray, I heard this this voice that told me specifically, stop complaining that you're no longer a husband and pick the reins up on being a father. And I, I, I shut up. I immediately shut up. I immediately said I understood. And I started to realize as I sat more in prayer after that night that I was being very selfish in complaining that I had done everything that he wanted me to do because I was angry and upset from a point, from a view to where I felt like she was mine and he took her away. And I slowly learned that she was never mine. She was gifted to me. That's why I tell friends now that I see that in relationships, please understand that when a woman tells you she loves you and she does and the actions follow suit, that woman has given you her heart. Do not play with that. It's a very important thing. They don't... That This is why... A lot of times, like, if you date a girl or a woman that has been abused emotionally and mentally, this is why it's such a struggle to date that type of woman because she's been scarred internally. And those scars will come out within the relationship. And this is why if you want to be with someone, you have to commit to that person, to their heart and chase after it through the hurdles or I should say over the hurdles and through the like obstacles like because they're gonna be there nobody's perfect they're gonna be there so anyway so um I realized that I had to pick up the reins on being a father so I did I did exactly that like I was just okay I'll be a dad so then I started to as I did with my relationship with Ember I started to do research and I started to look for books um, that were Christ-centered that I could read that would teach me how to be a good dad or at least give me an example on how to be a good dad. Now, a lot of you out there would probably say like, well, you know, the good book, the Bible will definitely give you that. Like, yes, I will not argue that. You are correct. But I wanted some feedback from an actual person, like an actual person that was still around that was going through my everyday struggles that I, I just wanted to, but I just wanted to make sure that they were like um, God-centered. So started doing research, started to uh, learn a lot about the kids and my, uh, my mother-in-law's a big super nanny um, advocate. And so I was like, you know, let me start looking into the super nanny thing because like, you know, the kids aren't really a big deal right now, but I know they, they will eventually get to a point where, I'll need to understand how discipline works truly, like psychologically and understand it because that's what it is. It's a psychological battle between you and your kids when you're trying to discipline them. It's not a uh, a question of like the uh, who's the authority. They clearly understand that you're the parent. But just because you're the parent doesn't mean they're not going to try to push the, the barriers. It doesn't mean they're not going to test it. You want them to do that in life. You want them to question things in life. That's that's a good quality that they have, in my opinion. I just wanted to know how to constructively 
approach it <clears throat> versus just getting mad and yelling and, um, you know, putting fear in them. Um, like I, I didn't want to be that type of dad. I didn't want to be the dad that like my kids feared. I wanted to be the dad that my kids loved. My kids want to come to and talk to and tell me all about their day, but also understand that dad means business. Um, and like, I started taking so much material and like things started to, to, to blossom. Like things started to like realize and like I realized that like I I never really like sat in my own emotions. I never really sat in like in the fact that I lost her for too long because I didn't really have time. Like the only times that I really did have were right after the kids went to sleep. And that was like by like 9, 930. Actually, back then it was like 839. Um, and then my daughter would wake up occasionally, sometimes at like one or like 11. Um, if she, uh, really, if I didn't, when I, when I started to give her her top off at the end of the night, then she would sleep all the way to like one. <clears throat> and then I increased the top off by like an ounce and then she would just sleep all the way through the night. So, um, it was, yeah, it was just like, that's why I say it was, it was a blessing for me not to have time to truly, truly just sit in my own emotions and be selfish about it. Like, and that's not taken away from anybody that, you know, does take a, 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 um, their own time to, to grieve over someone. I'm just, I'm giving my story and my point of view and how I feel like it, it did benefit me not to be able to sit and sulk in the fact that I lost my best friend. Um, but you know, take it how you will, (coughs) excuse me. Um, and just, you know, I continued to practice, uh, what I preached and, um, spoke to my kids, uh, implemented prayer. Uh, I started to teach my son that like, you know, when, when he sees daddy in, in prayer time, like he can either join me or he just, you know, needs to kind of respect my time and he slowly started to get it he slowly started to understand like I remember there was a time where I used to put a gate on his door because I wanted him to stay in there and then he finally um he got it like after a while he just got it he just understood he was like okay well I just gotta stay in my room for a minute because daddy's still still praying and then he would ask me like slow I mean it was in a very like toddler fashion like little kid fashion and I just kind of had to break it down as simple as I could um, and, but like, I started to see my son just mature so quickly. It, it was so sad. Um, but yeah, it was just like, <clears throat> and then I finally got back to work. And in my opinion, I went back to work way too soon. Um, I definitely should have taken more time, um, for myself. Um, but I began to worry about like bills and how I was going to pay for things you know, and it like, um, would, even though a lot of people told me not to worry about that, you know, they would, they would figure out a way to help me. And, but, but I also just did not want to get caught up in having so much free time, you know, like, or having so much off time, I should say, cause it really wasn't free time. I was, I was do, learning how to do laundry, learning how to fold baby clothes, learning how to put away clothes, organize clothes, uh, for babies. Like I, I, did I hated doing that for myself I mean could you imagine now having to do it for two kids you know and it's like um I had to uh, 
figure out how to like dress my daughter you know my son was easy easy to figure that out you know he's a boy and you know it's like very easy but the only my daughter is like okay no i have to put this little cute bow on her this little thing on her it was like it was difficult it was very very difficult and i still struggle with it today but doing a little bit better uh you'll find her in cute outfits every now and then you will find her in some completely chill clothes but i always think in my head like well your mama was like that like your mama would take advantage of the day that she could just walk around in her sweatpants and a big t-shirt you know like she loved it and um you know just kind of after going back to work it, it it's where like the real mental battle started like it was just like um you know satan really started playing at my uh, strings and God was also pulling at me from other directions and it was just you know and and it it, it was I guess like I, I go back to it it was definitely too early for me to go back to work when I did but I felt like I needed to um because I felt like I was ready because I had reached a point where I had accepted what had happened to me and I was going to just take responsibility for what was next so when you always ask God you always tell him hey I'm ready what's next he's gonna give it to you full blast but he's not giving it to you like saying like you are prepared for it already um he's gonna prepare you for more with what he's gonna give you with the new stuff he's gonna give you so that's basically what happened but all in all um I definitely um, was blessed by not having to um, by not having a lot of free time to grieve. It was definitely a blessing for me. Um, you know, the that January was my darkest moment. Um, you know, and then, but like I said, um, that moment that I accepted the fact that God had, you know not seen it in my timeline for a certain period to not be a husband um like and he just wants me just to be a father like uh, just accepting that like freed me you know and then and then just accepting the fact that I was not gonna be able to be two parents and focus on being one solid parent one good parent and it started to change me as a man you know, I started tapping more into my emotional side, started tapping in more into like the multitasking, I guess, side of like my brain, like and understanding the importance of communication, um, you know, proper communication with your kids. So, yeah, I mean, it's like that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell um, as far as like, you know, the the grieving part. Um, I got a lot more coming as far as like you know, dealing with my demons, stress, anxiety, um, but yeah, for sure, um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this one, um, I'm gonna try to keep them short and sweet, um, we got a lot more material ahead of time, or I should say a lot more material, um, coming up, um, and it'll, it'll be fun, thanks again for listening, you guys have a great one.